host, James Rattazzi. Over the past two weeks, I've had two separate conversations with people from very different backgrounds. In the book of the prophet Isaiah, we read, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. That's Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18 from the English Standard Bible. We take the title for this week's episode from this passage. I'm always interested in finding out the contents of the mind of each new individual I meet. Every mind is a universe, and spirituality, as we learned in past episodes, is connected with the mind, connected with thinking. Keep this in mind as we meet the first set of new acquaintances in part one of Come, Let Us Reason Together. Yes, yes, come on in. Yes. This is Jeremy. I'm James. Hi, Kathy. Kathy, hi. Nice to meet you. He was going to make a new sign that said, everyone welcome, so that way you you would have just looked over. kind of assumed. Yeah, yeah. She can join too. What are you talking about? And you're recording this, I think. Yes. Yeah, I can not record it if you don't want to be recorded. He does a podcast, so sometimes I'll pick little things out. Hello, hi. Do you make some friends? I just saw the sign. I sat down. It's just, it's for sure. So what were you thinking when you were listening to what I was saying? You were like, oh, this guy's got it all wrong. I heard, no, I heard something about, you said something. Hi. A Jewish something? I don't know what you said. And then I saw this, and I happened to be studying the Tanya as of two weeks ago. We, we were talking about the the main question was that he asked was, is God, the God of the Bible, a God of specifics? Like, does he... What you would know, you think of that statement? If I said to God you, God is a God of specifics, would your initial reaction be, that's correct? Or that's incorrect. Initial is incorrect because you're implying more than one God. Because there are many different things. So to be a God of a specific thing, that means that you would need other gods for the other specific things. Oh yeah, that's not really what I mean. (laughs) But that's an interesting way to say it. So I would. So I would ask, what do you mean? (laughs) So you would say, well, what do you mean? Okay, God knows what He wants, and He knows what He doesn't want. Quite specifically, I'll give you an example from the Old Testament. God told Abraham, who was getting old and didn't have any children, that he would become a great nation, that he possessed this land that he was going to tell him to go to, and through his seed the whole world would be blessed. 
I only know the story because my daughter's parasha was um, Sarah, Kaye uh, Sarah. Chaya, Chaya Sarah which oh, is okay, there you go. Hilarious. Well, so, but, but. <laughs> yeah. I know nothing about nothing. Nothing about nothing. That's all right. We're in the same I'll boat. give you the general gist. <laughs> but what happens is, God, as a matter of fact, God sets it up this way. He makes his promise to Abraham when he's 75 years old. And Abraham and Sarah still hadn't had any kids at 75. And continues for the next 25 years to remind him of the promise that he made. But and Abraham's like, what are you talking about? I'm exactly, exactly. He says, really? I'm going to have a kid? And in one of these episodes, he says, because... Abraham and Sarah, actually Sarah puts up this scheme and Abraham goes along with it. Well, I'll give you my slave daughter and, and you'll have a child with her. And it's Ishmael. And so then during one of these times when God appears to Abraham, so before Sarah actually ever has a child, Abraham says to God, what about Ishmael? Why don't we make him the son of promise? And God says, mm-mm, I made specific promises and I specifically have chosen that your son by Sarah is going to become a great nation so no it's so that's kind of taking faith to another level so it's not just that he's saying that something is going to be he's it's going to be this way and only this way specifically it's going to be just like he promises Abraham he says to Abraham afterwards your seed is going to become this great nation and they're going to be slaves in Egypt for 400 years right. and it's exactly what happens so he... I don't know about the exactly part but okay <laughs> <laughs> well what do you mean I, I, I don't think that the bible is a literal story certainly not the chronology well, of the I time mean, there's lots of things in the bible that are figurative yeah. and lots of things in the bible that are symbolic yeah. but it's just like any writing if you read a novel by somebody or just any work of yeah. literature they might say something and it might be literal right. like I'm five years old well that's I'm not six I'm not four I'm five years old and I'm a lion well the lion oh. is a metaphorical state okay. so, so the bible like any other literature that you read it's clear from the context whether what's being said is okay. a simple literal statement like I'm five years old or I'm a lion. Obviously, I'm not a lion, right? But you're yeah, obviously like, I'm not by, yeah, I'm obviously <laughs> by, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there are some things that are literal and some things that are figurative. Then do you have any questions or thoughts then about the Bible then? Anything at all. Anything at all. It doesn't even have to be what we're talking about. About the Bible in particular. Since it is a Bible discussion. So I studied a little bit the Tanakh, whatever, in school and whatever. They didn't talk at all about spirituality. It was all just reading and the literal translation and stories and whatever they Right. Well, I'm more curious about the spiritual, spiritual aspects of it. And I... Blank slate. I know nothing. You know nothing. What do you believe is true? Do you believe that God exists? Depends how you define God. Okay, so give me a definition of God that you think exists. I don't think that there could be one, because I don't think the language would be able to describe what that is, but qualities of God would be universal, um, uh, part compassion, part logic, part... 
Oh shoot, I just uh, missed that other part. Power consciousness. Okay. Okay. I don't see anything wrong with that definition. But how do you know that's true? How do you know that what you think about God I don't. is true? But based on what I do know, or believe, at least, um, that would be the only fathomable, logical, possible reality. So what is God not? What do you think I would think God is that you would think God is not? I don't think not? God is personal. I don't think God is. God is not a personal God. In other words... I don't think there's anything like... I don't think that the qualities of God would be translatable into qualities of God. My second question usually is this. What does God expect from you? What would your answer to that question be? Expect. What does God expect from you? Obviously, expect is yeah, kind of a word, word that doesn't go with your definition of God. Right. Also, kind of do it another way. Okay. In terms of if I'm going to believe that there's an aspect of God that is relatable to me, that um, that's not a that's a non-ender. <laughs> it's hard <laughs> to fashion the logic. Right, right. Yeah, it's hard yeah, to exactly. fashion the logic. But I'll tell you what I do believe is that is that um, given the you know the right conditions, I think that this is humans that we're capable of evolving and learning, and if there's anything, if there's a reason for our existence, it's to learn from experience. And what I have learned from my experience is that I and, the, and my environment benefit from what we typically think of as good things. Oh, okay. What we typically think is good things. Not killing, like not harming. Right. So not how do you harm. define not what's doing good? Not doing harm. Not doing if harm. If you avoid doing harm, however you think that is, in your down in your world, in your world, right? Yeah. Whatever not doing harm means to you, if you can practice that twenty four seven, if everybody did. But that would be great. But can I be wrong? No, exactly. No, because because it's undefinable. It's undefinable. No, people. No, it's not because people justify doing wrong things for a greater reason. I'm saying all the time. All the time. All the time. And I agree. I'm saying have that reason, but you can do whatever you can to defend that and uphold that. Justify. Justify. But you cannot. No. But you can't. There is no justification for doing harm. So you're free to. Scream from the room to rooftops, right. parade naked on the streets, build obscene monuments, but you can't hurt anyone. You can't hurt anyone. Or anything. Hey, you can't That's hurt it. anyone or anything. Physically. 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 Okay. Anything that we put uh, about emotions. Anything that's animated. What about neither? Not, no harm. Just no like, harm. Sometimes people say things that cause harm. Oh, well, then you're saying it's there. If it's not intentional, if and if it's the other person has sensitivities and blah, blah, blah. Like. How do you figure out what constitutes not doing harm? It's your own self. You don't. It's your it's own, your own conscience. That internal. So, in other words, inside me, me internal my, inter my internal gyroscope is going to say that if I punched you in the shoulder, that would not be good. And I can understand that. Is there some sort of outside standard, though? Because you realize that there are some people who, inside their mind, inside their heart of hearts, they're fighting, don't have it exactly right, and they do other people harm. 
uh, but that person is inside their head. They're like, well, that's the thing to yeah. do. There's, but there's, there's psychosis, there's mental illness where people literally like they can't, they don't have the ability to empathize. They don't, um, they can't, they don't like an autistic person who doesn't right. can't read emotion, so they can be hurting someone in their penis, right? That's like diseases, but that's a different. So I mean, there is some kind of outside same. standard outside of inside your own heart only because there has to be an outside standard because if in my heart I'm like well you know something I think it would be really helpful to Jeremy if I said to him I don't like your haircut (laughs) well it's helpful to him because you know he just met two new people and he might you know this might be but you know what actually look at my hair this is why I feel happy to do that because I need a haircut you can say something in a way that doesn't cause you can say the exact same thing in a way that causes harm or doesn't cause harm yes so okay. it's not yeah. 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 communicating criticism doesn't I mean there's like constructive criticism yes that's the whole you know but there is a standard outside of ourselves that says what's harmful or not harmful. Like, society. if the four of us and here might... In different societies. Yeah, in different societies, it's different things sometimes. Phone, right? yeah. So here's another question then. So let's attack it from another thing. <laughs> there are some of the characters in the Bible that are very likely figurative characters, but there are also some of the characters in the Bible who were actual historic figures. So, for example... Jesus Christ was he an actual historical figure or was he something that people made up? What do you think? Yeshua is in the Old Testament. The word Jesus is the Greek version of Joshua, which means the Lord saves, God saves. That's the meaning of the Hebrew word and the Greek version of it. Translation of Joshua or Jeshua is Jesus. We call him Jesus Christ. Not that his first name is Jesus, his last name is Christ. Right? But what does the word Christ mean? What's the Jewish word for Christ? Messiah. Messiah. And Messiah means? Savior. Savior. Well, it really means anointed one. And anointed means chosen. When they would choose a king, they would anoint them with a weapon. But Jesus Christ, what do you think? Real historical figure or made-up character? I don't know. Have you ever seen... Um, it's definitely in What the Bleach Do We Know? No. Is it What the Bleach? No. It's in um, Zeitgeist. Uh, Have you seen that? No. It's a free movie online. It's very cool. Oh. No. That's cool. So it starts with... It goes to like pagans from forever ago and and different cultures around the world at different times, pre-Jesus and how the stars, what they believed in the stars being like superpowers or something, and that the story of Jesus and Mary and da 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 is the parallels with of what the, they of what they saw in the universe. Interesting. To be repeated in history, or is this just another myth written down that that they got from generations when it was just oral? And That's it's a, good a very good yeah. it's a very good argument for not. <laughs> yeah, right. Is there evidence external to the Bible that might indicate that Jesus was an actual historical figure? I, I think so. Yeah, but. but um, but if the story preceded his existence, 
then how much of it is... Well, that's the whole idea, isn't it? But isn't that what the whole Old Testament is all about? The story preceded his existence by 2,000 years, at least, and actually it's a story that had been told orally to people before it was set down in the Bible, before God told Moses, okay, you better write this stuff right, down. Right, because he right. was... Previous to so that... So we're waiting for the... God oh, we're still waiting for the Messiah. The people who right. thought he was this is Messiah is... Right. Oh, the Christians yeah. and the, right. the Jews right. are the right. descendant right. from the people who did not want to believe in him, right? Right. But the point is, before How that... How many Messiahs is it going to take? <laughs> well, exactly. There's just one. That's the thing about having a chosen one. There's right. just so one. Proof, so so either, proof that he wasn't is that we still don't live in the Garden of Eden. Uh, no, what does that mean? What do you mean? We are saying proof that he wasn't. So the fact that the dead haven't been resurrected means that he couldn't have been the Messiah, otherwise we would be living a different reality. Right? Well, the dead will be physically resurrected, but there is also a rebirth that Jesus brought about. But that's a good question. No, but my point is that if he was the Messiah, and he believed that the Messiah was going after him, or when he came, that the dead would be resurrected, blah, 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 that didn't happen. But that wasn't part of the Jewish religion at the time. In other words, the scripture did not say that when the Messiah came, the dead would be resurrected. Oh, said that? The Jewish faith today has a lot of material that's outside of the Pentateuch, the five books of the Bible. That were written that, after that were that that Jesus. were they were written after Jesus. Some of them. Some of it was written after, some of it was written even before Jesus, but yeah. was not the inspired writing from God, like rabbis right, right. would do various sundry things. All that extra stuff says all sorts of things. Sure. What makes the the Pentateuch what makes that the word of God and the Midrash, the stuff that came from the the rabbis, not the word of God. So I'm just going by the, the, Torah. the Torah and the prophets, the and Old Testament. Testament. So the Old Testament, what was predicted about the Messiah was that the government would be on his shoulders. He would rescue his people, but it's kind of vague about exactly what that was going to go. At the time when Christ came, the Jews believed that he was going to overthrow the Romans who were occupying Israel at the time. Of course, that isn't what it was, but it's a very interesting thing the way God set that up. So, oh, yes, yeah, so I, I was on a discussion of Jesus Christ, historical figure or not. Forget about whether he was the Messiah or not. Let's just say, was he a, a historical figure? Yeah, why not? Yeah, we can accept that he was a historical figure, but there are some people that we have no evidence that they were actual historical figures. The further back you go, the more sketchy things yeah. are, and some of these characters that are mentioned, Jesus would tell parables. The characters in the parables were sometimes just made up characters. He's just telling you a little story to illustrate a point. Right. So Jesus Christ, historic figure. Now, let's go back further, though. David, King David, historical figure or made-up character? Well, he was a king of a country. So let's say I say... I mean, I believe that they found that there's evidence, you know, tracing some of the history. I just don't know which. Well, he's credited with having written most of the Psalms. Yeah. And his son Solomon wrote most of the Proverbs. So if I said, you know, Eisenhower wrote Archie's comics. Right. People would say, no, he didn't. Because, number one, 
we keep tabs on our heads of state and what they wrote and what they didn't write, it was the same thing. Someone would have said way long before now, if King David, who was the second king of, of Israel, whether or not he wrote psalms or he didn't, whether or not he was an actual historical factor, he was ahead of the country. And at that time, the nation of Israel was a world power. In the time of David and Solomon, Israel was the dominant world power. Yeah, it was. I mean, you don't get that kind of history in public school because in public school they're like, no, we don't want to mix. You went to Jewish school, you didn't get that either. Well, I went to public school at that time, and they were like, we're not going to say anything about the nation of Israel because we don't want to, you know, we don't want to mix religion in public school. So when the Six Day War came about, I'm like, why are they fighting over this little bit of desert? But anyway, David, real historical figure, not made up. And these other kings. And as a matter of fact, there were other books outside of the Bible. What does it say in, in Judges about uh, our there, first and second? You'll find this in the, the Book of the Kings right, of Israel, the Book of the Kings, the Book of, the Kings of Judah, things yeah. like that. So they had other books. The Annals of the Kings of Israel. So we have outside historical confirmation that David wasn't a made-up figure. I mean, none of those successive kings. And also, we have outside confirmation of Jesus Christ being a historical figure, the writings of Josephus. And you have the apostles, also historical figures. So if it's said on such and such a day, like the book of Acts is a travel log. It's like on the road with the apostles. So it's, yeah, Exactly. Well, and they were doing some crazy stuff, too. On such and such a day, he traveled to such and such a place. That kind of stuff you can take, well, that's literal. Did that, and, and they wintered there, and the weather was real terrible, so they couldn't head out, and things like that. There's no reason to believe that that's just figured, and those actual historically what happened. Yeah, well, I'll stop. What do you guys think? What do you think? Your, your friend was answering. Does God exist? I don't know. I don't know, that's a good answer. I just don't know. So um, I'm interested. In You're interested in if he does exist or not. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think we probably need a little more in the world today. That's a lot of crazy stuff going on. A lot of crazy stuff. And I think that, you know, when we started to veer off course was when people stopped or started abandoning religion. So interesting you think it's helpful. You think as far as like just going even by if it hurtling, just was whether it's good your, or bad. Even if it was just to reset you, your family values and all of that, mm, yeah. whether it was real or made up. I think it kind of grounded people, and I think people are kind of, you know, just fluttering around now, kind of lost, Flailing around. because they don't, yeah. they're not grounded. They don't seem to have, like, an internal moral gyroscope. Yes, yeah, like, so. it's missing. Yeah. So if we try to go back into our past as a country, where did it kind of start? It, I think, started with people, you know... Who were religious. Uh, our founding fathers and the people that preceded them were escaping religious persecution. So going back to your 
sketch of morality. It's like quite often people use religion as an excuse to persecute other people. That's kind of how this country came about. Right. Because people were fleeing Europe to escape religious persecution. I think, uh, I, I don't know if I would say God is a paradox, but I think paradox has a huge place in truth. Yeah, in life. Life is full of paradoxes. I yeah. think that's exactly... It's like a double-edged sword. Uh, religion, no religion. But um, but I, I do think there's a difference between spirituality and religion. I agree. So let's talk about that then. So religion is just what? Um, that's the easy one to define, I right? think religion is... I think it's codified, and I think it comes with rules. And, right. Uh, and you're more black judged, and white. So I think it, you know, um, it depends on the religion. Yeah, yeah, because some religions yeah, don't yeah, have yeah, that. Yeah. You know? But anytime you but have like the, I mean, how to is not wrong. But anytime you have like a organized, or, yeah, well, yeah. organized, got, sure. Yeah, yeah, it's got to have some kind of organization, and it's codified. One religion believes certain things, and then a different religion may believe something different. And like, within the religion, you and within have the religion, there are different varieties. And right. That just doesn't uh, go over well with me. It doesn't go over well with God either. So my third question is, I have these three series. As you speak for me. questions. Well, no, as God tells us in the Bible, if you accept it as God's words, okay. and it says, the third question that I ask people then is, is exactly what you're saying, which is, there's such a wide variety of religious practices. Does this please God? And you would say, well, it doesn't please you. <laughs> Uh, I don't mind the different practices at all. Um, I mind the belief that one person thinks that their interpretation is the only one. Um, and, and I think, and I believe in freedom, and I believe that freedom, freedom but with the uh, caveat or whatever you call it, that you can't impinge on someone else's freedom. Right. So, which is kind of the no harm thing, so maybe we can yeah. switch it for that. Yeah, as long yeah, as yeah. you don't tamper with someone else's freedom. That's all like a modern definition of religion. It's kind of like religion is all about ethical behavior. That's kind of what you're describing. The doing no harm to other people is kind of like what ethics is all about. Right. Because it's more complicated but than it's, just... Yeah, but it's more just than a ethics. simple formula. It's, it's, right. more it's, not a simple formula. it's more than ethics. It's because it's survival. Because we're uh, uh, talking about humans. We're social beings. We learn in society... Um, we're like the only people, one of the only, maybe the only people, that when we're born, we can't just survive. <laughs> right. We, we would do very poorly if we, we were just thrown out into just, the... You know, even, yeah. even after a year. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And that's, that's not usual. Um, so we depend on each other. And so because of that, there's... You can argue ethics. It's not For me, it's not even ethics. It's just common sense. Okay. It's logical. So, what, it's so not what's your answer to the third opinion. question? <laughs> the third question being... But I didn't ask you question two. So I'll ask you question two. And she said it's because of her definition of God, it's not applicable. She put an N-A. <laughs> okay, what okay. does God expect from you? Oh, right. How would you answer that question? Yeah, that was really going back. <laughs> yeah, that so was way back. Like, I so do not rest. remember question... I remember yeah. question two, but I was, had no yeah. idea where you were going to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that far back. That is a really good question. Okay. I don't know that uh, the PS4 just doesn't have the capability for the graphics. Yeah. I have an answer now. You have an answer. Oh, you have an answer? Oh, let's let's see. 
to evolve, and that's just because that is the law of nature. Right. To evolve. So, which, which I talked about. To grow, expand. Actually, you did say that. That is you how I answer that. the question. Yeah, it is kind of like, yeah. That's just my answer. A good two-word answer is really good. I like how succinct answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. So, to evolve. That's good. So to learn, you know, grow. Yeah. To learn and do better next time. Yeah. So then question number, number three is, so okay. when you see this wide variety of religious practices, does this please God? I think if you found a place where you're comfortable and you're okay being who you are, that it would be okay. But that's the what you have to please God like that first. It doesn't matter how. Yeah, yeah. Just being okay with who you are because he made you who you are. Right. So you believe that part of the definition of God would be if the creator. Yeah. That's the biggest part of this definition. Right. And some people today believe that we could come about without there necessarily having been a creator. Something had to happen. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know exactly. what that was. Yes. Unless, unless there is, or there's the, there is no such thing as time, and there, we like to think chronologically. Right, that's right. how we deal with our reality. Yes. But, but the word on the street is there is no time. <laughs> so everything just is. Right. So yeah. the other question we were working towards before I got bringing her up to speed on the three questions. So we define what religion is. Then you said religion and spirituality aren't the same thing, which I completely agree with. So now define, what is spirituality? What is the meaning of the word spiritual? Um, I'm not going to go as far as I think you'd like me to go, but I'm just, I, I think I'm going to... Two words, he likes two words. Yeah, well, I asked that to develop my thought before I can yeah. make it succinct. But um, I think that we exist on another level other than this physical level. So at a, at a much more subtle level, whatever's going on there, the logic and order and whatever of that, for me, it has everything to do with spirituality. I like that definition. I think that's a very good definition, isn't it? It's good. What Wait, is, say that again. That, that, that we're like a manifestation, a physical manifestation right. of, of something, something else. else. Right. And spirituality for me is about that something else. Right. Which, which, which interestingly is like your deepest part of you, your essence. Right. But also, like, beyond you. Right, right, right. So it's in and out and... I think that's a very good yeah, definition. I think that's perfectly consistent with what the Bible teaches. It's spirituality. Because so the idea... That's way where you got it. anywhere there. I don't know. And, but the idea, and Next the first time you said it, the idea that there's like an order and a thinking. Yeah. <laughs> order and thinking is very closely tied to spirituality. Wow. Well, how would you answer the question? What how does the word spiritual mean? I know. I should have asked you first. Right, I should have exactly. switched it and let you go yes, first. Yes, yes. You can't top that. Okay. Yeah, that was perfect. So you well, like her definition. I like her. That's. I mean, that's why we're friends. Right? As we're friends, but you like the definition. <laughs> and I like that definition. Okay. Do you guys have any other thoughts, questions, comments, no, concerns it's before we pack Only that we stumbled. I'm like, I would never go out from like... If I wanted fine. to use this in the podcast, could I use what yes, we did today? Yes, you have my permission. Thank sure. you. Thank you. You can't use me. Perhaps the reason why people are not very comfortable with the statement, God is a God of specifics, is that most people prefer to focus on the gray areas when dealing with God and his instructions for us. Another way of stating the concept that seems easier for people to accept is, God chooses. In Genesis chapter 4, Hot on the heels of Adam and Eve choosing to disobey God's instruction in chapter 3, we have God choosing. 
Now God chooses Abel's offering over that of his brother Cain. When Cain is displeased by God's choice, God attempts to reason together with Cain like this. Beginning in verse 6, The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Cain chooses not to accept God's logic and alter his thinking, and the result is a continued downward slide in humanity. And we see in chapter 6, God choosing to cleanse the world with a flood. And we also see God choosing Noah, and Noah choosing to follow God's instructions. In fact, verse 22 in Genesis chapter 6 tells us, Noah did this, he did all that God commanded him. And so Noah and seven others were saved. As we read through Genesis, we see a clear pattern emerging. God chooses Abraham, God chooses David. God chooses the nation of Israel out of all the nations of the world to bless the world by producing the Messiah, chosen one of God. This pattern is repeated over and over again in the Bible. The Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 15 verse 4, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 11, Paul also says, now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction, on whom the end of the ages has come. Now many choose to live their life in the gray areas, but scripture is strongly encouraging us to seek and follow God's instruction, because at the end of the day, God has told us that he will again choose he will make a final judgment based on what each of us has done with the instruction he has given us in his word. The consequences of being on the wrong side of that judgment are extremely grave and severe for eternity, as opposed to the benefits of eternal life with God. And so it makes sense for each of us to be prepared for that day and we should give this the attention it deserves by daily looking into and increasing our understanding of his instruction for us found in the Bible. Another thing we also learn from the Bible is that God desires a close relationship with us. But many prefer to pay little or no attention to their relationship with God Many believe all God is looking for is ethical behavior, and most consider themselves ethical, so no additional attention or effort needs to be put into the specifics of our relationship with God. When Jesus came across just such a super-ethical individual who asked him what he must do to inherit eternal life, 
The conversation went like this in Mark chapter 10, verses 19 through 22. Jesus says to him, You know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus looked at him and loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. While Jesus loved this man because of his ethical character, there was still something additional needed for him to inherit eternal life. Jesus graciously invited him to come and follow. Remember, these things were written for our learning. Jesus loves us and desires a close relationship with us. He invites us to come follow him. Jesus is the Word, and so without the Word we cannot follow him into eternal life. Jesus gave the man specific instructions. He gives us specific instructions. We are expected to come follow him. In part two, we'll look at a very different conversation with the second set of new acquaintances and perhaps gain some additional insights in the second part of Come, Let Us Reason Together. Special thanks to Kathy, Laura, and Jeremy for their contributions to this week's episode. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or even if you have any helpful suggestions, please feel free to email me at james at believeandfollow.org. That's all for now. Goodbye and God bless. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be Sweeter also than honey